Lions. That was a whole flock of butterflies. Sometimes it takes a lot to keep me up there. <laughs> Those are my friends. Butterflies are your friends? Yeah, they're my friends. Well, I have to confess, I, uh, I wanted to be your friend, too. <laughs> so I went out and caught you a butterfly. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Want it? I do. You want to see it? Uh-huh. Oh, there, you did, <laughs> look at that. Yep. Is it, is it blue morpho? Um, it's blue. Can I touch it? Yours, I gave it to you. I love it. Thank you. You were already my friend, but. <laughs> 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 That's really fun. Yeah, it's, it's a butterfly. Uh-huh, it is. Mm -hmm. I had to feed it when it was a caterpillar. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, well, so it's it's a new school year, isn't it? It sure is. And a lot of people are getting started. We have some late starters. <laughs> Maybe we could do that later? <laughs> no, okay, yeah, no, that's, lower? no, that's good. Okay. It's just fine. So before we run out of time, um, Dr. Peje Monet has asked permission oh, to show us <laughs> a demonstration of science. So, if you'll help me indulge her, go ahead, show us. <laughs> and what exactly are we watching? That was New this is Newton's cradle. This is what rocked him to sleep. Really? <laughs> I don't know. That's what you wanted to show? Yeah, do you want it? Oh, no. I, you don't want it? I have my own people, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, what they call it, Newton's Cradle. Well, explain how it works. Well, you take this ball like this, <laughs> and then you go like that. <laughs> how does it do that? Why don't they all go? Tell us. Well, you really want me to? Mm -hmm. Okay, my people. Your people. Would make it neater than that. Oh that was goodness. made by her people. You want to see what my people would do? Yeah. Okay, my people. There they come. There they come, my people. Yes, 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 my people. Mm -hmm. so, Your people? Good. This might come around. Hi, people. Turn around. See? My people. <laughs> Thank you. A big old R there for your people. Yeah. That's pretty and awesome. And then there's this thing here. Okay, so you take this ball like this. Uh-huh. And see, mine do something yours don't do. They sure do. <laughs> they light up. Really? Different you noticed. Colors. Put that in your notebook. Okay. Okay, yeah. It's just like yours. How See, did your orange. people do that? See it? What? That's neat. 
Well, yours are pretty neat, too. I, I mean, so. you're coming along. <laughs> I'm coming along. Last time you showed it, it was, okay. You see that color? See how it changes? You try it. No, better not. <laughs> Orange. See how the colors change? I can see that. Let's see you make your colors change. I have to get in just the right light, and then I can do it. All right, well, actually, that is neat. That's pretty good stuff. Uh, I've been working on a, a new energy force, and if we have time, I'll, I'll show that to you a little bit later. But it's... It's a new energy force. It's a new energy force. But uh, meanwhile, we should get on with things. I wanted to show this to you. This is something that is really amazing. Mm, can you see this? Okay. See how this works? This is... There we go. It's, it's so hard to see. Maybe if I hold it up here, there can you go. see it better? Anyway, you'll see it. Watch okay. this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Set. Go. Isn't that fun? Can you see that? It's like those kinetic art pieces. It is kinetic art. How'd you know? I'm I trying. like it. Okay, you take that side. <laughs> I'll take this side. Where do I have to hold it? Okay. All you have to do is make it go. I have so you to twist it. Get my fingers out of All right, there. You're doing good. It's kind of hard to see. We need a white wall, don't we? Mm -hmm. We could do it in front of your coat. Do you want to try it in front of your coat? Well, it's not working too well. I have so much stuff here. <laughs> How about we do it in front of your coat? That is really fun. Waves. Look at that. This is one of my waves. <laughs> that is neat. You know, waves are a very, very interesting thing in this world, in nature, in science. And uh, are you all three now? Thank you. You did good. I like that. Show up. Does it show up very well on that camera? No, not too good. Hmm. I thought it'd show up better. But uh, anyway, the concept is wonderful. It's pretty. Okay, back at the ranch. Where was I? Okay, we're talking about a wave. Energy yeah. force. Yeah. You want to talk about this? Okay, this is a. Can you see what that is? What does it look like to you? Looks like LEDs in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. So do you give? I, I give, yeah. Okay. I'm going to hold it, and I wonder if you could take that far distant hand of yours, and you can hold it, too. It's far distant. Excellent. One. Good. Can you hold it right there? Okay. Make it go. I'm going to break it, aren't I? <laughs> I don't have very good energy, do I? <laughs> This is why we should rehearse. <laughs> no. What if, no, hang on, you're doing fine, you're doing fine. What if you put one finger up like this? Now with your one finger, I want you to touch. And while you touch, I want you to make that go. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. One finger. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
Awesome. Can I do that again? It's like Morse code. Who says science isn't fun? <laughs> that is fun. Okay, well, no, that's not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I feel like the freshman, but I'm really not. <laughs> Well, I'm excited about this new school year. I'm excited about science. You know, one of the big thrills of my day was to see all those kids yeah. starting school. Kind of gets it, right? Right there in the heart. Right there, yeah. And mm -hmm. the things that we are going to learn this year are very exciting. And I, I was going to uh, tell you today about something really interesting and really exciting, but unfortunately, Tobias told you everything I was going to say. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. He always steals my stuff. <laughs> we need to have him go after us. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's what really is stuff? our stuff. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. see, you have to push you broke a button. <laughs> I have to push a button, okay. Well, the, the idea of being able to observe nature, to observe things around us, and observe more things around us, and bring them together, and make a result that we want is exciting to me. There is so much in this world that is seemingly impossible. And I even like to think it's even impossible. We're right here at a busy airport and we watch airplanes take off and land every day. And it's kind of exciting. Tobias has an app on his phone which he can click and point at an airplane, and it tells him where the airplane is going or where it's coming from. Does it tell you the name of the pilot too? Almost <laughs> everything else, which airline, so forth, or sometimes they're not even airlines, it's little private yeah. planes. But it's exciting that an airplane can lift off the ground and travel even over 100 miles an hour. We've had a few military planes coming in here and doing uh, touch-and-go landings lately. And, of course, we check those out. But the, the fact that you actually can do that. Now, remember, the gentleman that started in his house with a weight, pulling a rope, turning an arm with a pad on it. It's not too exciting to us, is it? But on the other hand, what did he learn? And how did we build upon that, and where does it go? Uh, I'm very thrilled to be able to be working on several really, really exciting experiments. And to think that these technology things can be put together in such a way that they're going to make a mammoth impact on mankind. So I want to try a thing called a random number generator. A random number generator. This is where you use a 
crystal, like a quartz crystal, and you get it to, to vibrate or to oscillate, and it gives off random numbers. In, in the Gold Key Company, where we're trying to create the best security in the world to protect uh, banks and other kinds of people that need very, very good security, it starts with a random number generator. A random number is used to encrypt files, and if the number is predictable, well then you have a, a good chance already of breaking into the file, but if it's random, then you don't. So we have to have a good random number generator. And I want to demonstrate how that works, okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to generate a pseudo-random number. Now, software can create a pseudo-random number. A pseudo-random number means that it's not really a random number. When you use a computer program to mathematically generate a random number, it's not completely random. It's pretty good, but it's not perfect. It isn't completely random. So I'd like my demonstration to be a perfect random number, but I don't know how to do that right here. So I'm going to do a pseudo-random number. You ready? Okay. This is completely unrehearsed, and there are no camera tricks going on. This, what you see, we're not, there's no editing this or anything live? here. This is live. Okay. Science live. Okay? Okay. Just to prove to everybody that's not here that it's live, could you say live, please? Live. That was nice. Okay, good. All right, let, let us begin. I would now like you to tell me whatever you want me to talk about. This is the random part. <laughs> well, I want to know about your energy force. This one? Is that what that is? <laughs> it's more like a detector. So, so you want me to talk about this? Yeah, you said you were working on a new energy force, and I really believed you. Ah, a new energy force. I still believe you. You still believe me. You want me to talk about my new energy force mm -hmm. before I patent it, or oh. even no. I don't mind Let's talking about it before I patent okay, it. Okay, I'll just wait. I got my patent attorney right back there anyway. That's true. But you want me to talk about it before I invent it. That is kind of harsh, isn't it? Okay. It's very random, isn't it? <clears throat> so. She's going to have me talk about a new energy force, mm -hmm. right? That's the first digit of our random number. What's the second digit? Hydrogen. Um, and it has to involve hydrogen. Mm -hmm. Okay, third digit. And security. And security. Mm -hmm. And fourth digit. It's got to look cool. It's got <laughs> to look cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Should we do them backwards? Yeah. I could start out with making it look cool. Okay. Okay. This is how I look cool. <laughs> <laughs> how do I do? You do? Pretty good. Okay. <clears throat> Seriously, hydrogen has been in the news. It's been in the news an awful lot tonight. And I did not want to talk about hydrogen because, as you know, when I talk about hydrogen, I get full of energy, buffed up. Mm -hmm. But she forced me. <laughs> Did you see that? She tricked me into it. So, having been forced, I want to tell you what's going on with hydrogen. Okay. Because it is really exciting. Hydrogen is a gas. It is. It really is. And 
all of a sudden, people all over the world are beginning to realize that hydrogen is going to be the fuel of the future. A lot of people are saying, well, we need to move from fossil fuel cars like gasoline, diesel cars over to electric batteries. And a lot of battery cars are being made. But some people are beginning to realize that there's something better than just a battery. And that something better is hydrogen. And a lot of people disagree. This is like a big debate. And unfortunately, not everybody's as informed as I am. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some reasons why people are starting to get really excited about hydrogen cars. And I want to talk about it for a minute. If you're going to run a car on electricity, you have to charge your battery. And that is a big problem because people do not really want to spend very long waiting for their car to charge. If you're always going to plug in your car at home at night while you're sleeping, then it's not a problem. But if you're taking a long trip, you run out of charge in the battery, so you pull over a gas station and spend three hours charging it up, that's, that's not neat. And they can charge a lot faster than three hours. Electric cars are pretty amazing. The new batteries in electric cars are so amazing, I would almost have called them impossible even seven or eight years ago. So they really, really are getting better and better and better. But hydrogen is a, a very interesting fuel for a car because you can make it out of water and any source of energy. And that's, that's only half of how magic it is. The other half is when you burn hydrogen, you get the water back and the water is recycled over and over again. And as long as you make a car only produce hydrogen, it really doesn't disrupt the ecology of our planet. And some people say, yeah, but all that extra water be a real, no, but it's such a tiny amount of water compared to what we have. So people are beginning to get more and more excited about hydrogen. And we can make hydrogen efficiently from wind, and solar, and hydroelectric, and even fossil fuels from nuclear fusion, as soon as we learn how to harness nuclear fusion. We can make it from any source of energy and water. And that makes it pretty neat. And some of you are saying, well, why are most of the cars that are being sold today not hydrogen cars then? It's been over 50 years since I drove the world's very first hydrogen car. 50 years, and yet, though they're selling more and more hydrogen cars every year, there's not nearly as many hydrogen being cars, cars being sold as there are electrics. And there is a good reason. You can plug your electric car in, and there's electricity almost everywhere now. Whereas a hydrogen car has to be refueled in a refueling station that has hydrogen. And the thing that has held hydrogen back all 50 of those years is the storage. It's the way of storing the hydrogen. And I determined early on in the beginning of my career, I formed a, a little company called Billings Energy Corporation, and we built prototype cars for several of the automotive companies. 
and a lot of people were pretty excited. But when it came time to store the hydrogen, it was always a problem. For the amount of energy that it stores, hydrogen is a low BTU or low density gas, so it takes a lot of space to store very much hydrogen. And hydrogen also doesn't compress like propane. If you compress propane, all of a sudden it compresses into a liquid and you can put a lot in the tank. Hydrogen, you compress it more and more, the pressure goes up and up, but it doesn't liquefy. And so the storage tanks that would store hydrogen start to have very, very high pressures. In my very first hydrogen car, I had two cylinders that carried the hydrogen at 2,000 pounds per square inch of pressure. Now, when you think of an air compressor being about 100 pounds, 2,000 is more. That's a lot. And that was enough pressure that it made some people nervous to see me driving around with a welding cylinder full of gas at that high pressure. Well, the, the challenge was to find a way to fuel a car that would not have that high pressure. And so the next technology that I tried for storage was liquid hydrogen. Now remember, you can't compress hydrogen into a liquid. It, it just doesn't work. So if you want to liquefy hydrogen, you just cool it. The problem is you have to cool it about 400 degrees below zero. And that makes the coldest place on Earth seem warm. But you, you have to cool it down. On the way to cooling it down enough for hydrogen to liquefy, air liquefies. Nitrogen and oxygen will both liquefy way before hydrogen. So that's a problem. You've got to cool it extremely cold. And once you get it cold, you have to keep it cold. If it isn't cold, it vaporizes back into a gas. So that's kind of a challenge. And it even gets a little bit harder because when you're going through the cooling cycle, you normally take a gas like Freon. Freon, you compress it into a, into a confined space, and it turns into a liquid, and it gets hot because of the fact that it doesn't like being compressed. Unlike some people I know. <laughs> I do get hot, don't I? I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you were. So you compress it and it gets hot. Well, it, and so the way that the refrigeration cycle works is while it's compressed, you cool it down to room temperature and then you let it expand again and then it gets cold. And so you compress it outside, put the heat outside. when. Then you come back inside and expand it, and it brings the cold inside. So you're actually moving the heat from inside a house, outside a house. Well, that works with most materials. You compress them, they get hot. You expand them, they get cool. Hydrogen has a strange chemical property. When you compress it and expand it, that cycle doesn't work like it does for other gases. So when you're liquefying hydrogen, you have to get it down to about 79 degrees below zero before it will start even working in a refrigeration cycle. Makes it really hard to do. Well, I still wanted to build a car that would run on liquid hydrogen. And so this is a, oh, we may be out of time. Do we have a few more minutes? We have a few more minutes. This story I don't like to talk about. We have a lot of minutes. Yeah, but I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. 
just once for you, okay? So I had a, a beautiful new Monte Carlo that I wanted to convert to hydrogen, but I wanted to use a liquid hydrogen tank so it'd have a really long range. I needed the tank that would keep the hydrogen cold so it would stay liquefied. And to do that, you have to make a tank that has a very, very special insulation. It's like a thermos bottle, keeps things warm or keeps them cold because it doesn't let heat go through the bottle. Well, this is like a super thermos bottle. In fact, the inventors call it super insulation. And the way a super insulated tank works is you have an inner tank and an outer tank. And in between, they wrap these layers of reflective mylar that reflect the heat, and then you make it a vacuum, a real good vacuum. And it can really keep something very, very cold. Well, there was a company that uh, had made a liquid, they, when, when you're talking about very low cold temperature, scientists refer to it as a cryogenic tank that could handle the low temperatures. And I needed a cryogenic tank. And there was a company in Boulder, Colorado that had developed one. And it was called Beach Aerospace. So it's a division of Beach Aircraft that made some tanks for, the, for NASA and for the aerospace industry. And so I went there and said, I need a tank. Uh, would you like to donate one? <laughs> <laughs> and they told me that I couldn't have one. And I said, well, how much would it cost? And they said, well, we don't sell them. We can't sell it to you. Hmm. And that made me grumpy. <laughs> so I got on an airplane, and I flew to Wichita, Kansas, because that's where a great pioneer of aviation, Walter Beach, lived, the guy that invented the Beechcraft company and the airplane. And unfortunately, before, years before I got there, uh, Walter Beach passed away. But his wife was still the owner of the company. So I went and met her, and, and she made a sandwich and fed me lunch at her home, and it was just all great. And I said, and I need a hydrogen tank. And Beach Aerospace has one, but you know they want to make sure that it'd be OK with you if I got one. <laughs> and so Olive Beach got me the book, The Story of Beach Aircraft, The Story of Walter Beach, and she signed it for me. Mm -hmm. And she told me she would give me a tank. And so I went back to Boulder, and I got this beautiful tank. It's about this big, big around and big enough to fit in my trunk. I went back, put in my Monte Carlo, converted the engine, and then I contacted a company that sells liquid hydrogen, and they brought a big tank of it out to my laboratory, and I put the liquid hydrogen in the tank. Now, when you fill a tank with liquid hydrogen, if the liquid hydrogen is so cold that you have to be careful. I had to use an insulated hose to transfer the liquid hydrogen from the tank to my car tank. And on the ends of this insulated tank, it had super insulation jacket around it, a vacuum with that mylar rolled up inside. But on the ends, there were fittings. 
And I hooked the fittings up to my car and went up to their tank and turned on the liquid hydrogen and started to flow through. The fittings got so cold that the air around the fitting turned into liquid. Liquid oxygen, liquid nitrogen, and they started dripping on the ground. I didn't touch it. <laughs> but I filled up the tank, disconnected the lines, and drove the first car in the world to ever run on liquid hydrogen. And the liquid hydrogen car was fun because compared to my gas tanks, my compressed hydrogen gas, 2,000 PSI, this tank was low pressure. And I could go 10 times as far. I had enough liquid hydrogen to drive all over without refilling, which was good because there weren't very many refilling stations. <laughs> so we drove and drove and drove, and I, I just really enjoyed having the first hydrogen car that could really go long enough to even go on trips, and, and we had a lot of fun with it, didn't we? I had some very brave passengers that I had all with me. One night when uh, I drove home from work, and I drove the car to work every day, and I had one of these little garage door buttons that you could push, and it make the garage door go up automatically, send a radio wave. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, I had one of those, only um, you drive in the driveway and the door, you know, da, 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 just going slow and you're waiting, 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 just while get out and open it so slow. And I thought, what if I could push the button further down the road? Then it would be open by the time I got there. So if you just put a transistor amplifier in the output phase of the remote, <laughs> You can get it to open from four blocks away. <laughs> now, I'm not sure that we kept it within the FCC legal limits for an unlicensed <laughs> transmitter, but our home was right on the end of a street. So you drive down the street, and the road ended right into our garage. So I could see it from about two blocks down. And, and da -da 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 -da. the time I get there, I could drive right in. Well, one night, when I came home, I opened the door, I drove up in the driveway, and I had one of those hunches. Everybody knows what that's like, just kind of a hunch. So I didn't put the car in the garage. I just parked in the driveway, got out, went in, had dinner, and uh, eventually turned in for the night. And I didn't remember to go out and put the liquid hydrogen car in the garage like I always did. That night, while we were sound asleep, I heard somebody outside. And it was kind of a, someone honking, only they weren't doing beep, beep, beep. They were going beep. Don't try that. <laughs> beep. <laughs> and so we looked out the window, and out in the driveway, the hydrogen car was on fire. And I thought, oh, and I just filled the tank. It's clear full of hydrogen. There's a lot of liquid hydrogen in that tank. And if the outer tank is penetrated by the fire, then there's no more super insulation. And all I'm going to have the Hindenburg car. Mm. And I was in my pajamas. And so I went running outside. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I figured, well, maybe I'll put out the fire. So I went over and I grabbed the, the hose 
and we had one of those sprinkler things on it, you know, they go, and it wouldn't come off. And the fire's burning, and it's honking, and I can see the lights coming on at my neighbors. And I couldn't get it off, so I turn on the water, and it's sprinkling like this. And I'm over there trying to put out the fire. And I finally did put out the fire, and I thought, oh, what about that tank? And then I checked, pressure gauge was still there, and it said that all the pressure was gone. So the tank had, had emptied itself. And uh, <clears throat> I pushed the car in my garage, lowered the button, doo -doo 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 -doo, just as the fire engine arrived, and two news cars. That was nice. And uh, fire department, is anything wrong here? Oh, no. It's fine. Well, that's not a very exciting experiment. I will admit that. I have to admit that that experiment was kind of concerning to me. But there are some interesting things that came out of it. First of all, a full tank of liquid hydrogen and nobody got hurt, and other mm -hmm. than it was a little hard on the car, there was right. no damage. Yeah. I had a little thing. So if, if the tank set too long and a little bit of heat leaked inside, it would start to vaporize and build pressure. So I made a tube with platinum catalyst in it so that if it started leaking out, it would turn into water. Mm. And that's why I could park in the garage, because I knew the hydrogen would never build up. And when that tank got in the fire, the hydrogen started coming out, went through my catalyst, turned it all into water, wow. no explosion. Wow. It turned out that the vehicle had been tampered with. And uh, we don't know the details of that. We could only tell that it had been tampered with. And the tank was in the trunk, and the lock on the trunk had been pried off. And uh, you never know exactly what happened. But it made me realize that there had to be a better way to store hydrogen than in a liquid form. Mm -hmm. And there are other problems with the liquid too. One of them was it took so much energy to cool the hydrogen down to make it liquid that it made it quite a bit more expensive than just gaseous hydrogen. And so that's when I started looking at the metal hydride tanks where I would react the gas with a powder. It was as compact as liquid but it was heavier. And the metal hydrides, in my opinion, were too heavy. And because they were so heavy, if I put a hydride tank on a car, it would weigh a thousand pounds. Mm. And that's just too heavy to haul around. It wastes fuel and, and I think it's expensive and, and really not very practical. So I set a goal for finding a better hydride that would be lighter and more affordable. And according to my calculations, I needed a hydride that had the magic number of a four weight percent. That means that for every 100 pounds of tank, I could store four pounds of hydrogen. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but for a hydrogen car, that would be enough to make it work. And we started testing all these different metal alloys to find one that would do four weight percent. The one I was using was iron titanium hydride with a teeny doping of manganese. 
and it would store hydrogen with a 1.6 weight percent, which was neat, and I built buses and cars and things with the iron titanium hydride, but I needed to get it more than twice as good to really make it practical. Since it was taking so much time, it would take about 36 hours in the laboratory to test one alloy to see how good it was. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I want to test a whole bunch, and I wanted to develop an automatic system to run the tests. I called it an auto hydrider. <laughs> and so I needed to build a circuit that would do that for me. And while I was looking for the components to build that circuit was when I found out about microprocessors. Mm. And because of that, I got into the computer industry because I wanted to make a lighter hydride. Well, I did make an autohydrider with a microprocessor, and we tested hundreds and hundreds of alloys. And we never got anywhere near the four weight percent. We got up to 1.9, and that's as good as we could do. We could get seven weight percent with magnesium nickel hydride, but you had to burn half the fuel to get the hydrogen out of the tank. That wasn't the goal. So uh, we never could find it. And I searched and searched and searched for decades. And I spent an enormous amount of the money that I made in the computer industry trying to find a lighter hydride and never could. And this is a sad story. Go ahead, start playing the violin. <laughs> You're such a good sport. Isn't she great? Wanted a higher pitch for that one. <laughs> why, why would I tell you such a sad story on the first day of school? Oh. Yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> because I think we had a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. After all these years and years and years, I think we finally found the magic storage tank for hydrogen. Now, I say I think because right now it's just a theory. It's just calculations on paper, but I think we've got it. And if we do, and I think we, I need to build it. I need mm -hmm. to build a prototype. Mm -hmm. If we do, we are going to be able to do many, many things with hydrogen that I've dreamed about for a long, long time. And so I'm happy to announce that we are now officially relaunching our experimental research to see if we can make a safe metal hydride tank that can compete with batteries and compressed tanks. The hydrogen cars that are being manufactured today by six auto companies uh, are using compressed hydrogen gas of very high pressures. And I think there's a better way. I don't. I don't like high-pressure high tanks. I think that hydrogen can be a very, very safe fuel. But it is a fuel. Fuel tanks store energy. When you store that much energy, they need to be designed very carefully. For the last uh, 15 years, I guess 16 years now, I've been a member of a committee on the International Standards Organization. Uh, approving standards for safe hydrogen utilization in cars, and I think it's going to come. But what I wanted to do, and 
and I had to kind of take a minute, and she had to twist my arm. <laughs> I wanted to tell you how excited I am right now because of a new piece of technology. Now, some of you are going to say, yeah, but you haven't gone over the optimism curve yet. <laughs> this is true. I haven't. And that's when you build them, usually when you, oh. <laughs> but I am very excited. When you identify a problem, a technological challenge facing mankind, and then you get an idea of how you can solve it, it's one of the most exciting things that can ever happen to you. It's just really exciting. It's cutting edge. And here at uh, IST, we like to push the state of the art. We like to do things that have never been done before, and especially things that are going to make a difference. I, I just think it's very exciting to be able to push things forward. And progress comes with a few major breaks in technology, but usually it comes in incremental small steps, just one little piece at a time, and yet they accumulate over time. And pretty soon, you have one of these giant airliners lumbering down the runway, <coughs> and somehow, they just float up in the air. And they make the experiment of that guy in his house, you know, with the rotating <laughs> stick. Um, all of a sudden, very relevant because his idea developed into something that's completely changed the world. I think that's exciting. So, you hydrogen fans, yeah. stay tuned. You okay. not-so-hydrogen fans? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am one, by Are the you? way. Yeah. Good for you. Well, study hard. We'll tell you more about it as this experiment progresses. I'm going to video document it so we can okay. show the experiments. But it's very exciting. If I never tell you about it again, assume it didn't work. <laughs> You'll tell us either way, right? No? No. Tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. See you next time. Bye-bye. Yeah.